This podcast is sponsored by Tell2App.com. Welcome to The Life of a Networker. On this podcast, we are featuring industry leaders from the network marketing profession to share with you the stories, inspiration, and leadership. Now, here is global business developer, leader in authentic sharing technology, your host, Mr. Mike Fedick. Hey, everybody, how are you? Mike Fedick here, and I am excited today. And why am I excited? Well, we are diving into the life of a networker. And my very first guest today is a dear friend of mine, and not only a dear friend, but man, has he had some success in the industry of network marketing. Not just making a million or two, but I mean millions on top of millions. But what he is more excited about than anything is all the people he's helped along the way. And so I'm here today in the studio with my good friend, Mr. Larry Smith. Uh, Larry's out of Phoenix, Arizona. I've been in the industry now 25 plus years. Uh, He'll tell a little bit of his story. But uh, Larry, I know you're a married man. I know you've got seven kids. You've got 13 grandkids and recently a great grand uh, child. And so Larry, tell us a little bit more about that and uh, share some of your story with us because I know family's everything to you. And welcome, my friend, and thank you for joining us. Well, thanks very much, Mike. It's always a pleasure just being around you, uh, chatting with you, masterminding with you. It's always fun to be around you. And listen, family's everything. You know, it's, and it's interesting uh, because today I can look back, uh, you know, instead of just looking forward, I can look back and think about the things I missed as a young father, right? I was a typical job person, right? I had corporate jobs and and I worked, to, you know, the, the the nine to five, which was really nine to nine, right? But uh, but but I worked corporate jobs for 20 years and and found myself at the last job unemployed. And the hard part about that, Mike, is I look back over that 20 year window I realized that I'd relocated 11 times, you know, trying to crawl up that corporate ladder. I started at entry level with the Pillsbury company and ended up becoming a corporate president of an international company uh, for the U.S. division. And even though my division was profitable and some other divisions were profitable, they were in 32 countries. A lot of the divisions weren't profitable and they ended up closing the company worldwide when I was 44 years old. The hard part about that was, as I look back, because the whole time I was going through crawling up that corporate ladder, I thought I was building something for my family, right? Because, you know, you're always working to provide better for your family to make sure that you can put them in the schools they want to go to, those types of things. Right. And what I ended up finding out was the only thing I really walked away with was 20 years of job experience, but I had no cash flow. Mm. And that was my wake up call. And the part that hurt so bad about that as it related to my family was I thought about all the time I had given up being around my kids. I mean, I, I listen, I attended games, you know, soccer games and basketball and football and rugby and things like that. But I missed some too, because corporate said, hey, you need to be here. You know, my kids are playing a game. I couldn't be home. And so I looked back and kind of went, boy, I missed a lot of time. And I need something. I need to find something over my next journey of my second portion of my life um, to make sure that, I really can work my career around my life schedule instead of working my life around my job schedule. And I I wish today that I had understood and would have been mature enough to start network marketing when I started with the Pillsbury company at age 25, because I would have had a lot greater time with my kids and being able to pour more into their lives 
instead of not being able to do more of that. So, you know, today, thank goodness, they all turned out great. Um, you know, obviously we got 13 grandkids. So the seven kids are doing something fruitful, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I, but today it's so fun because I get to go play golf with my son who loves to play golf. You know, I get to travel and see my other kids that live out of state. Grandkids come over like right now, as I'm talking to you, two grandkids are downstairs, right? With Donnie and they're hanging out. They spent the night with us last night. We had a sleepover. So, I love the, to be to be a great father and a great supporter. I wish I would have had the awareness of the industry and the maturity to start there instead of learning that 20-year journey. So family's everything, Mike. Well, man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I, I was actually fortunate enough to, to grow up with a mom and dad together in the same household area and you know, brothers and sisters at the, at the house, two brothers and two sisters. So, so I can relate, man. Family is everything. And and I love seeing that because I see it light you up when the grandkids come over. And um, I, 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 know, uh, I know at one time there was a, a famous Adam Levine song that you and your granddaughter used to rock out to. Does that still happen when she comes over? <laughs> oh, she's, she's kind of upgraded her style of music now, but, but, uh, but she still <laughs> likes to rock and roll. And she, she, uh, she, she's in the pool right now with Donnie. And, and it's so funny, Glad, because when she gets out of the pool, she's got her her goggles on and she goes, Hey, grandpa, grandpa, want to see this? Want to see this? Want to see me needle dive? Want to see me do this? <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's great fun. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, Larry, you know, I, I know now is, uh, is you're in a great position. I mean, financially, you, you got more money than you could spend and uh, everything's taken care of. We'll talk a little bit more about the finances and stuff, but uh, I know going back into 1989, I was four years old. And so I can relate to 1989 and, uh, and you uh, were going through what we call um, the winter, the, the winter of the seasons, the four seasons of life. That was your winter time because that was the year you filed bankruptcy. And, uh, and so just talk a little bit about that because I know there's people out there, maybe they're not yet uh, filing bankruptcy, but they are a few months away, maybe six months away if they don't make some changes. Um, but just let people know, you know, from the time that you did file bankruptcy to the time now, uh, things can get better. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, and it was interesting, Michael, because, you know, wherever, wherever lack of financial education led me, right, uh, you know, because they don't teach us about money, right? They teach us how to get good grades, supposedly, so we can get good jobs, but they don't prepare us for entrepreneurship and, and how money works. They prepare us to be good employees. And so, you know, when, as a good employee, I was a good employee. I did well in my jobs, you know, but but I never understood money. So I think I was like most people. I lived check to check and had credit card debt. And, you know, I was two weeks away from being in trouble. And, um, and at one point, you know, it just got to the point to where I'm going like, I can't keep paying all these credit card bills and, and being transparent. I got to the point at one time where I was literally taking cash advances on one credit card to pay minimum payments on another credit card that's pretty bad off when you're doing that. And, and right before I filed bankruptcy, I remember going to my church three different times to get groceries to feed my family. Now, that's a humbling experience. But, you know, the, 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 I did everything I could for three years. I scrambled to pay credit cards. And, you know, because I didn't understand how money worked, right? But I was scrambling to pay credit cards for three years. And finally, I just said, I can't do this anymore. I got to do something different. So I called an attorney and ended up filing chapter seven bankruptcy. And I'll never forget walking into the courtroom with your lawyer. And because I was with the lawyer, we were up first. 
and the uh, the judge turned around and he asked the attorney two or three questions and he asked me one question and he slammed his mallet down and he said discharged so he walked out of the courtroom and i asked the attorney i said okay so what did all that mean and he said you're debt free and i said what do you mean i'm debt free he said you don't owe anybody any more money he said now as long as you pay on your house and pay on your car as long as you keep making those payments you can keep them but you don't owe any more credit card and i'm sitting here thinking why did i kill myself for three years trying to pay these minimum payments I should have done this three years ago. Well, that was my first journey into the understanding of what predatory lending was all about, which is a totally <laughs> different subject. But it was a very humbling experience because it was the last thing I wanted to do. And once I did it, I just wish I'd have done it a lot earlier. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, I myself too, I was in, uh, in, in many situations where I was just broke. You know, I'll never forget one time I, I needed gasoline. So I went to my mom and dad's shed and pulled out that red can and and uh, whatever that little bit was left, it was probably mixed with the wrong oil and everything. But, but hey, it got me to where I needed to go next. And, you know, and I really, I take my hat off to you, Larry. And it's awesome you're my first guest because you really opened my eyes to, to financial education. You know, we'll talk a little bit about your book uh, that you just had come out here recently, Dare to Get Rich. And, uh, and really before the book came out, though, I was able to get some of the, the principles and some of the teachings that you put in the book uh, in real life, you know, whether it was sitting around your pool or sitting around your kitchen table. But one of the things that I just I really loved was when I sat at your house and, and you were telling me some of the, 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 the investments you had and some of your, your financial, um, you know, numbers and different accounts and stuff. And I was just like, holy cow, like what peace of mind that is to be able to know that you could write a check, like literally if you needed a million dollars to save your life or your wife's life, you could write that check today. And I just think that is like, that is peace of mind. That is true financial uh, security. And so, uh, so, so let's go back then, Larry. So, so 1989, you, you, you filed bankruptcy, uh, but then 1991, something unique happened for you. This, this little uh, business, what some call a pyramid scheme business, right? And we all laugh at that today because it's, it's just so wrong. Uh, but one of, those, one of those things, right, the home-based business things came across your lap. Tell us a little bit about your, your opening the door to the journey of network marketing because I, I don't believe you made a million your first year. No, no, not hardly. Uh, matter of fact, the interesting thing was the very first company I joined is still in business today. Wow. And it's, it, it's, it's the, but, but it was a kind of business where, uh, because I was debt free, right? I didn't have any more bills. Uh, I bought the $5,000 package, Michael, <laughs> right? Because when I saw leveraged income, I went like, wow, I could become a millionaire, right? And so I bought the $5,000 package and of course, put it on credit cards you know, and stuff, you know, but, but all of a sudden I realized I have all this inventory of stuff that I don't know the first thing about it. How am I going to sell it? It's sitting in my home office. How am I going to sell it? I don't want to use all this stuff. I was doing, um, doing demonstrations and stuff in my house and had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> and, um, and so after about four or five months of that, I just realized that, you know, it was, it was a company that had monthly qualifications that you had to meet every month or you went back to zero and started over uh -huh. and people in your organization could kind of pass you up, you know, and it just, it just, once I really started understanding the industry better, I realized that I probably wasn't going to be able to survive in that. So I went to another company that was just getting started and I went and met the owner in Denver, Colorado and, and, um, 
and and I said, and, and he showed me the comp plan, showed me their products. It was another product based company. Right. And so I went out and he said, I said, what do I need to do to get my first promotion? He said, go sell five people this. So I went out that day and sold five people and came back to his office that evening and said, okay, here's the five people that have bought it. And he said, nobody's ever done that before. Well, I thought <laughs> maybe I found the right one, right? right well, right. I spent about 15 months in that company and the most I ever made on a monthly basis was about 1500 bucks. Now, because I was kind of moved to the top of the comp plan, I was sharing in the company's revenue. And so every quarter I'd get a check that would make it worthwhile. But I used to stand in front of the room and say, you know, you can change your life, you know, <laughs> and uh, because I was still new to the industry and stuff. And, and, um, and then when I realized that I wasn't changing my life and I was the top guy in the company, I told the owner, I can't stand in front of people in meeting rooms anymore and say, you can change your life if my life's not changing. Right. And I said, I feel like my integrity is at stake here and I can't keep doing that. And he terminated me. Oh. And, and I went like, oh, this is hardcore. So yeah. he terminates me and then he starts bad mouthing to me to all the people that I recruited that built the biggest team in the company because, and he told them if they talked, he would terminate them. That was my big, you know, wake up call to really. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so after he terminated me, he terminated a good friend of mine earlier that I met in that company. And this guy started his next company and I jumped into that company and I didn't do anything. So I can't blame that company. Of course, neither one of those two companies are still in business. Right. Then I went into the long distance program, right? It wasn't the, the normal one, but it was another one that nobody ever heard of, but it made sense. Everybody calls long distance. We can yeah. save money. Let's do that. <laughs> of course, even though I was get, having big meetings, I think the biggest check I ever got was like 28 bucks or something, right? <laughs> and so I thought I can't do this anymore. And so I went back to corporate, you know, I went back and got a job again, right? Right. And then, um, then I was introduced in, in 1995 to my current company and it just, it, the, what they did just made sense. I didn't have to worry about inventory. Didn't have to worry about monthly qualifications to get my check. A service-based company now. Service-based company. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so no, no product involved, no inventory involved. Um, it was a service that made sense. I mean, I've, I've gotten back or saved in excess of $170,000 in 24 years just wow. from the service. So it's something that I value tremendously but the reality of it is, is I found what I loved that I felt good about helping other people with, you know, and listen to some people, that's a product-based company. It doesn't mean product-based companies are bad. It just didn't fit who I wanted to be. Right. So this company did, and it changed my whole financial future. And so I, I believe in your first year, you were part-time and, and, and pulled out a good number. You can share that. But then it was your second year that the light bulb went off and never been worse than that since. Yeah, it, it, um, my first year, I, uh, first three months, I was part time and, and I made $700 my first month. I made $2,800 my second month, $4,100 my third month. And I'm going like, I need to pay attention to this, you know, because I really wasn't, I was only working 10 hours a week. Right. And, I was, and I was working when I was in that 10 hours. But when that third month, when I made $4,132, I went, I need to pay closer attention. And that's when I went to the company's convention which I think is critical for any network marketing business. And when I saw the founder of the company do his keynote speech, I went, I'm all in. And my first year I ended up making $64,000 wow. 
but my second year I made 224,000 and that was more than twice of what I ever made as a corporate president and that's when I went oh yeah this is my career that's that's when you were really grateful that guy terminated you back then a few years prior. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, Larry, and and uh, and you know I, I know that there's there's a lot of young folks out there today, and, and folks that'll listen to this that are currently in the industry, and probably get a handful of people will get a hold of this that that may be evaluating uh, looking at the network marketing industry, which by the way is an incredible industry to me. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no greater business in the world for the average person to get started for less than a couple hundred dollars and turn that into to a, a chance to, to earn multiple six figures and even into the millions like you have done. And so Larry, talk a little bit about, um, you know, what was it like to, to find a mentor, right? Because I know so many people, they blame the company didn't work or someone tried this and it didn't work. And a lot of times I find that when I did a little bit, that person just didn't have a good mentor. They didn't have someone who really held their hand and taught them the basic principles of this industry. But you were the opposite. You were pretty fortunate. A guy by the name of Dave Savula, who I love. I mean, Dave is just one of the greatest people in the world. Uh, he's no longer with us today, but that was, your, that was your original mentor. Tell us a little bit about how important a mentor is and some of the things Dave taught you. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Mike. You know, I, I was recruited by a gentleman that the, the top money earner recruited, Dave recruited. I was recruited by that gentleman. And so um, he was still part-time, right? But he was really good at at calling me every day and just building a relationship. You know, he, he didn't know that much about the company yet and how everything worked, but he was really good at developing relationships with people. And through that, he, the first, first three-way call he did with me was with Dave. And when Dave, I really found Dave was a top money earner, um, I flew down to Florida um, to, to Kissimmee, Florida to go to one, to one of my, to my first actual business opportunity meeting. I flew down there to meet him and when we had dinner afterwards, it was kind of funny because uh, it was him and, of course, the guy that recruited me and his father and one other guy. And at the dinner, I said, Dave, how long have you been with the company? And he said, three years. And I said, do you mind if I ask how much you made this year? And he said, $1.2 million. And I looked at him. I said, how in the world do you make a million dollars marketing such an inexpensive product? Right. And he said, there's five keys to success. And he told me what they were. And Michael, they were so simple. I just, I looked at him, I kind of chuckled and I said, Dave, it can't be that simple to earn a million dollars. And he looked back at me and he chuckled back and he said, then why don't you go do it your way? And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm broke, right? I'm unemployed. He's making $1.2 million his third year in a company. I need to become a human copy machine. And really that's what I did. I got on every conference call, um, every time I could get around him and he and I became very, very good friends. And and, um, and I just, I, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, you don't have to be, I mean, I've got a high school GED. I've never been to college. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I don't, I've got good work ethic and good work discipline. Right. right and yeah. so all I need is the right guidance and in corporate, they, they don't want you to learn everything because if you do, you'll take their job right to where in network marketing, they teach you to make as much as you can, because it's like what I asked when, when Dave and I were talking, I said, Dave, I said, why should I do this? And he said, this is what you need to understand. He said, the more success you have, the more success you have, make my business have. The less success you have, the less success my business has. So you can either listen to me and understand why would I tell you anything that would slow my business down? Right. He said, my only goal is to help you have massive success 
because we both win. And that's when I went, I just need to do what this man tells me to do. And four and a half years later, I was in the millionaires club, you know, and, and, and I didn't make a million dollars in 20 years in corporate jobs, you know? And so having a mentor, I think is critical and it's not just a mentor. It's a mentor, you know, and I tell people all the time, Hey, if, if, if I'm not the right person for you, reach up to the person who recruited me. You know, I don't want to hold you back if I, if, if you, because you don't always get along with everybody you recruit, right? So if I'm not the right mentor for you, let me get you up in front of the person who recruited me because we still all win together, right? And so I think making sure you find a mentor that really, you know, has the knowledge and the understanding to help you build what you want is critical. And that's why I always tell people, nobody in my team would get upset if, if I wasn't the right person. Find the right person to be your mentor and let us help you build. And so yeah. I think a mentor, having a great mentor is critical to the ultimate success of anybody in the business. Well, that's awesome, Larry. Great points there. And, and I, you know, I, I'm fortunate. You know, I'm fortunate that I was 18 years old when I, when I got a mentor. And, and it just makes the, the, the biggest difference in the world. It's when you're down, you, you hear their voice and it picks you up and, you know, when you think you want to do this way, and like you said, it can't be that simple. He said, go try it your way. You had already tried it your way. It didn't work. Right. So you, you kind of just have to trust, right? You got to trust in right. the fact that they're going to lead you to only success because like you said, it's going to benefit them by helping you rather than to bring you down. So agree with you there, man. Well, listen, let's change gears a little bit. Let's have some fun here because, you know, I know all the people out there want to say, okay, well, where's he at now? You know, you told us about the struggle and the bankruptcy and corporate America and all that. Well, what's it like now, Larry? I mean, today uh, you, you wake up and I know for a fact that every single day, because your company pays you daily deposits, Monday through Friday, uh, I think they pay on the weekends now even. And so what's it like every day to wake up to well over $2,000 plus every day? But the key thing is whether you get out of bed or not, whether you ever get on a conference call again, you have built a solid empire, a foundation that pays you true residual income of well over 40 grand a month. What does that feel like today? You know, Mike, I think, I think you get to the point, like my second year, you know, I became totally debt free. And, uh, and, and the important thing was in, in 1997, um, my second year when I made that 224,000, I still realized I knew nothing about how money worked, right? So I spent five grand and attended a seminar with Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. And I spent that weekend with Robert and I bought every audio tape and book he had in his whole portfolio because I realized I know how to make money, but I don't know what to do with it. And that's, that was really the wake up call because I realized I didn't, you know, all my money, like most people went into one account and we just spent it, you know, and didn't really know where it was going. We just paid bills and spent it, you know, and of course now everything's totally different because, you know, we live on 16% of my current company's income that we get every month. We live on 16% of that wow. and that company, because of the investments, that income is only 60% of my total income, right? So even if, I didn't, wasn't with that company. I've got enough from investments now to, to currently live comfortably, right? Yeah. So it's important to understand that it's not just making money, but it's really understanding what to do with it. So I would, I would encourage everybody who's an entrepreneur, 1099, you have to get a financial education. Financial education, because if you don't know what to do with your money, 
you can squander a lot of money. And you and I have both seen people come in this industry that have done well in the industry and they're buying Lamborghinis and stuff that, you know, because they think this just goes on forever and ever and ever. And while it's a great business, you know, it has its ups and downs, just like Microsoft or Apple or Google or anybody else, you know, I mean, not every month you're going to have growth. So it's important that you need to know how to structure your money. Once you get control of your money at any level, you know, then you understand to the, the importance of living on passive income and not earned income. Once you really gather all that, you have this overwhelming freedom where you can do whatever you want. You know, two days ago, a buddy of mine called me and said, hey man, how's golf look for Thursday morning? And I said, I got time. Now I had a couple of appointments, but I moved them around, right? Because golf is more important to me than the appointments, right? So yeah. I said, I got time. So we teed off this morning at 7.50. And he says, oh, by the way, because we're now in October in Arizona, because that's the time of the year when big rates come up, it's 160 bucks for 18 holes. I said, man, it's just money. Now, you know how well I manage my money, Michael, but oh, yeah. when it comes to, when it, listen, when it comes to, and you and I have had so much fun together, traveling the world together, you know my philosophy about this. It's important to take good care of your money, but when it comes to lifetime memories, there's no expense spared, right? And when you can wake up in the morning and know whether you want to work today or not is really unimportant because you can do whatever you want you have the ability to live the life that you really want to live and where you can pour into other people's lives. And when you learn the power of giving back instead of just getting, that's when everything really starts multiplying. And today my life is, um, I, the reason I continue to work the business, cause you know me well enough to know financially speaking, I don't need to do another thing the rest of my life. Right. But the thing that I love most about it, Michael, is that I know what this quality of life has meant to me and my family. I mean, we've last year in 2019 before COVID, Donnie and I did 120 days in vacation in 2019 and wow. traveled all over the world. You know, it's like, you know, when you can do that and not even blame, we made more money on every vacation than what we spent on the vacation because of residual income. And when you got that kind of lifestyle, it's great. But the thing that's bigger than that to me is not that, that we get a chance to enjoy it, but that I need to continue pouring into other people to help them create this lifestyle that I know makes life worth living in a much bigger way. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I know that, uh, you know, you've got dozens now, dozens of people that you've helped uh, make six figures. I know you've got two really special ladies in your life um, that you've helped make multiple six figures. Uh, and we call that like even as earned income, right? Residual right. income, it's solid. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you. And that's got to be the greatest feeling over all the, the stuff. Once you take care of your friends and your family and all that kind of stuff, that, that you really had a, a, an impact. The, the, the ripple effect started at some point with you impacting both of them. And I know they're both uh, truly grateful for you today. So uh, I always find that inspiring, motivating to, to continue to, uh, to, to help people and to give people a better, a better opportunity out there. So Larry, let's have a little fun. What, what is it that you like to do for fun? What are some of the things that because you are financially free uh, that you're able to do or places that you've gone? What do you enjoy doing uh, in today's world with, with what you've built? You know, it's interesting because um, in 2000, um, 
I moved to Phoenix in 2005, but I bought a house in 2004, sight unseen because the market was doing what it's doing today, right? Every time someone put an offer, there were six or seven offers come in higher and even over appraisal. That's what was going on in 2004 before 2008 hit. And so I bought a house sight unseen. And of course, uh, Donnie came in from California and she saw this community that had lakes in it, right? Uh, Arrowhead Lakes. And mm -hmm. so she said, is that water? Cause she loves water and cause she's a California girl. So I said, yeah, it's called Arrowhead Lake. So one Sunday after church, uh, we went over and looked at the house across the lake, uh, which wasn't really the fit for us, but we saw this castle over on the other side of the lake, <laughs> which is the house across the street from ours. And we came over here and, and this house was on the market and we came in and literally 30 days we were in the house. Wow. And, and, and uh, we, we, we slept on, air mattresses for about a week and a half because we didn't want to go back to the other house to sleep. We love this house so much. And, and now, um, you know, we, we, uh, the, we live on 16% of our income, but 26% of our income goes into our personal account, right? 40% goes into our investment account and from, from our legal shield income. And then 12% goes into our tax account. 22% goes into our business expense account and 26 goes to our personal account. We live on 16. You guys are getting some financial education here. So I hope you're listening. He's giving you a few little tips. <laughs> so, so we, you know, we live on 16, but I put 26 in a personal account. So Donnie's got the other, the difference to do what really ever she wants to do. And of course she's, we, when we bought this house, it was, uh, it was uh, seven years old. And now it's, uh, let's see, uh, uh, 21 years old. And it looks she, better today than it did 21 years ago. <laughs> oh yeah. She, she's, she's, and, and it's, and, you know, it's, it's, we fish off my backyard, as you know, yeah. and she's been able to do some remodeling the kitchen, new tile throughout the house, just got through retiling the upstairs, reflooring the upstairs, not tile this time, not carpet, but this other flooring. She's got doing that. She's had the whole house painted inside out. Um, I mean, it's it's so fun just to watch your life and and listen, you've been here, Mike. You know what it's like to sit in the backyard at night and see all the lights from the houses reflecting off the lake, and the the air is perfectly still. And do you do you have to go to the golf course to practice putt putting, or is that changed now for you? Oh no, there's a there's a putting green in my backyard with three <laughs> holes that I practice on. Nice, nice. <laughs> but but it's but it's it's literally I can fish, I can putt, I can swim. You know, we can watch movies on big screen. You know, we we can just you know, and you know me, I, I'm so frugal, it's unbelievable. Oh yeah, and we shop everything to get the very best deal we can get because we want to use our money the best way we can, but. Um, today, Mike, I, I can tell you that I, and I've told, I tell my wife this probably every night as we're either sitting out back or might be sitting in bed reading together. We might be watching a movie or something. I love reaching over, grabbing her arm and just saying, I love my life with you. Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's the most amazing feeling in the world to live the life that you've really always dreamed about. I think after a couple glasses of wine, you've reached over and grabbed my arm too and said that. So I, I appreciate that. I fall in the same category as your wife. Exactly. I, that's possible. There's no question about it. Well, that's great, man. And, and you know, it really is. I, I love seeing you guys uh, uh, remodeling and, and doing what she loves. But, you know, you always have the best line. And what you've taught me is, uh, you know, people say that the happy wife, the happy life. And, and, it, and it's so true. You know, it really is. Is that because that's where you get your joy when she's smiling and she's happy and 
and, uh, and, and buying the things that she wants and decorating because she's got a great talent. Uh, it really just puts everything together. And so let's wrap up here, Larry, with just, uh, just some fun stuff, you know, because at the end of the day, I, I live my life having fun. I mean, I tell you what, in the last couple of years, boy, have I just had so many eye-opening moments of just how precious life is, whether it's I've lost a friend or a family member or, you know, you just really think about it. I think, Larry, if you think about this, it's crazy. I live here in Mexico. My mom and dad are still together and they're down in Florida. And I was just kind of evaluating, saying to myself, like, okay, if I go visit, let's say three or four times a year, times the average age span, if they live to 85, and, and you look at it, it's like, holy cow, I, if I stay here and I go on that, that pattern or that rhythm, I'm only going to get to see my mom and dad maybe 60 or 75 times more in my whole life. Yep. And you go, holy cow, like 60 or 70 times, that's it? Yeah. You know, and so I started evaluating. And I say that just because life is so precious. And I know that uh, recently you, just over the last year or two, uh, have been feeling the same way. And, and your finances, when you can get those out of the way, you can, you can do certain things. But um, just, just to be able to, to live life and every day get the most out of it, change your schedule around to go golfing. So I'm just really proud of you, man, because you are really uh, living life and, and you've built something special. And so now um, I want to have some fun. I'm going to ramble off some questions, man. If you don't <laughs> know the answer, say skip it. Uh, but we're just going to rattle off here for the next minute or so and, and have some fun. So Okay. Uh, all right. So first question, Larry, if there was no network marketing and you had to go into another industry to build, what would it be? I have no idea. <laughs> it, it would have, it would, it, I would stay in network marketing. You, you have to figure out something with that model, right? I, I have to use that model. It's just, it's changed my whole financial future for my whole family's legacy. I, I wouldn't dare when you find something that works, you got to stay there, right? But I'm not worried about that happening, but it's a good question. All right, man. So listen, you got one meal left. If it was your last meal, what kind of food are you going for? It would be a medium rare filet from either Firebirds or Arrowhead Grill. All right, man. With a good, with a good glass of Cabernet with it. Nice, nice. All right. If you, uh, if you had a hundred grand and I know you wouldn't want to do this, but you got a hundred grand and you have to spend it on a vehicle, what would you get? Oh gosh, I don't know anything about vehicles. You know, I still drive my 2007 BMW <laughs> 750, right? I bought that thing so cheap. I bought it with 42,000 miles on it for $23,000 and paid cash for it. And that was in 2010 or 2011, or maybe 2012. And I've been driving it ever since and I'll drive it till the tires fall off. You know me, cars don't, aren't important to me. I don't know what a $100,000 car would even be. You know? That's good because that's the answer I knew you were going to answer. So for those out there listening, listen, some things get you excited, but other things just don't mean anything. But listen, you can still be a multimillionaire. You can still be debt free and you don't need to drive the Rolls Royce, the Lamborghini. Uh, so everybody else can see. Now, if you love I will, now I will, I will tell you what I would do. The first thing okay. I would do, because you know, I've had the, I could do this. I've, I've been able to do this forever and I still haven't done it but I'm just now starting to think about it. So if I had to spend it somewhere, yep. I'd probably go ahead and get my boat for my backyard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell, my yeah. dock and my boat. Absolutely. So it, tell, tell at Christmas time, something special happens and I can't wait to get there. I haven't been there yet for this specific one, but you guys, they do like a boat show, right? And people yeah, we, do a boat, we do a Christmas boat parade. All the people get their boats and they light them up. And by the way, some people might want to wonder you live on a lake and you don't have a boat. Well, listen, when I bought the house in 2006, I looked at the cost of putting the dock in and getting the boat, and it was about twenty-five dollars or $30,000. And I learned through my financial lessons 
You don't spend earned income. You only spend passive income, right? Earned income is only to create passive income and you only live on passive income. And when your passive income out, outstrips your cost of living, you're financially free no matter how much money it is, right? So I looked at that and I said, you know, my wife and I talked about, it, we said, we can go do this and spend 30,000 or we can invest the 30,000 and let the money we make off the 30,000 pay for it. And so that's what we decided to do. So I've, I've been able to buy the boat and dock for years, but you know, I just turned 69 in August, as you know, All I'm right. a Medicare millennial, right? Meaning I'm, 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 I'm on Medicare with the energy of a 30 year old. And so I think I'm just now for the first time starting to consider spending the money and getting a boat and a dock. All right. Well, listen, we'll be there before as it gets delivered. So whatever day that gets delivered on, we'll be there. Uh, ready to test it out. Uh, Larry, how, how about this? Uh, you, you, you walk into a bar, you sit at the bar, you got three options. You get a nice glass of wine, a cold beer, or a mixed drink. What are you going for? Um, it's going to be either a Cabernet or, uh, if they have it, a Coors Edge non-alcoholic beers. 41 calories, taste like beer, no alcohol, so it's better for you. But if they don't have non-alcoholic, I'd probably do a, a Corona Light or something. Nice and cold, right? Ice cold. If it's not ice, ice cold, cold, I'll stick with the red wine. <laughs> well, Larry, listen, my friend, it is, is, is beyond an honor to have you. I appreciate you more than you know, and uh, it's been so much fun. I mean, you are officially the first guest of the life of a networker here on the podcast, and uh, we're just grateful to have you and so thankful for uh, everything you've taught me on the finance side. I mean, today, uh, I'm, I'm just a, a pennies away from being debt-free. Uh, my credit score has went from the tanks to low 600 now to almost 800. We're at 789. Uh, and I just credit that a lot to you because you really gave me the, uh, the foundation, but you inspired me uh, to know that those things are important. And, um, you know, I just really thank you for it. So thanks for being my guest, my friend. Any closing comments? Yeah, just, just I want to thank you, Mike, for your friendship. You know, we've We've done a lot of things together. We've traveled the world together. Donnie and I love coming down to Mexico to see you and Kim and hanging out. You guys got a gorgeous place out there. Living the dream, man, for sure. And not having to spend the money because of the cost of living in Mexico. It's a great, smart move. If I didn't have kids. That book that I read called uh, Dare to Get Rich. I think everybody <laughs> needs to get that copy because that helped me be able to understand saving money is fun. It, it just it just hit the ebook on Amazon. We, you know, we're not selling the book on Amazon, but the ebook just hit Amazon this week. So it's Dare to Get Rich. And you can go to lswmoney.com and you can pick it up for $9.99. There you go, ladies. Say that website one more time. It's LS, like Larry Smith, lswyourmoney.com. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, go check it out. What a great book to buy for, especially a high school kid. I mean, what a fantastic way to start a high school student, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th grade or so, uh, getting that book in their hands and starting their financial education then uh, rather than, you know, me at 36 and Larry, I guess most people probably in their 40s or 50s, if they ever even get a uh, financial right. education. So thanks again, my friend. I love you to death. I appreciate you, man. We'll wrap up here. Ditto to you, my friend. Give Kim a big hug for us. Thank you for listening to The Life of a Networker. We really hope you have gotten some inspiration or value from listening to our show. For more info or to reach out, visit us at thelifeofanetworker.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Tell2 app, powered by Rapid Funnel. 
It's not just another app, it's an entirely new technology category. The Tell2 app gives you a genuine way to build real relationships with your customers and get quality referrals with less work from you. Go to tell2app.com and build your brand, your way, and tell your story better.